Hello, this is Michael Fanning with the Windermere Coaching Minute. This is our short-form podcast where we'll be interviewing Windermere agents who bring creative ideas, power strategies, and successful routines to light, all in creating epic client service and work-life balance. Enjoy the podcast. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's Windermere Coaching Minute. Uh, my name is Michael Fanning, and today I want to touch touch on um, a couple a couple of components to uh, success. And I just bring this up because it's been coming up uh, frequently in our coaching calls as of late, and it's something that I think that as we are still at the beginning of the year, uh, we want to be aware of because it really does uh, matter. Uh, when it comes to our long-term success and pushing forward and becoming that, you know, person we want to be and having that life we want to have. And uh, it's two things, two key components. And one of them is process. And the other one is consistency. And I want to just touch on both of these and I want to weave them into uh, how we work in this industry. And uh, real quickly, I just want to, there's a quote, uh, it's, the quote is this, it's not what you do once in a while that shapes our lives, it's what you choose to do consistently. And that's by Tony Robbins. And so I want you to think about when it comes to really complex procedures, and you think about uh, flying an airplane, you think about going through a surgery, um, you think about um, uh, representing somebody in a court of law, right? When we think about complicated procedures, the only way for those individuals in those industries to have predictable success or, is to have a consistent process and procedure and consistently use it. Yet we have um, our industry in real estate today, right? It is the biggest purchase or the biggest sale typically in somebody's life. It has so many moving parts. It requires significant negotiations. Uh, there's multiple people involved in a transaction. There's uh, emotions, there's expectations, there's different levels of cooperation and communication that go on. Yet we still unfortunately seem to have an industry that doesn't follow a very good procedure and we lack consistency. We, we really do lack, and, and, I'm not, and I'm not judging, I'm just reporting, but I have people that have gone through the process that have said to me, oh my gosh, it was absolutely amazing, and we do it again in a heartbeat, and I have people that have gone through the process that I would never want to go through that again. And you know what it boils down to? It boils down to the competency of the representation that they have, meaning their real estate agent, whether they're being represented on the buyer side or the seller side. And how well that particular agent is running their business and are they running it like a business and do they have process and they, do they have consistency? So if you, if you just kind of think about this in other industries, so for example, um, what about a pre and post flight checklist and procedure? 
Does that happen every time? You bet it does. I mean, think how many airplanes take off and land every day in the United States, just, to, just in the United States alone, and uh, how consistent they are predictably uh, saying that they're going to land safely and get everybody off the ground and on the ground in safely, right? And it's because they have a process, they have a procedure. Think about uh, pre and post operational uh, procedures and checklists that they have so that they can have a successful surgery. Right. There's a whole there's a whole procedure and process that uh, these medical facilities go through. And typically what happens is when you see them break down, when you see things not happen, you can go right back and say, well, here's where their procedure broke down or here's where they lack consistency in training. Um, think about uh, athletes, right? Post and pregame warmups and routines. You know, I know that uh, you can take some of the greatest, you know, you think about a Kobe Bryant or you think about. Um, a uh, uh, Michael Jordan, right? Uh, Stephen Curry. You think about some of these athletes that are out there today, and you think about uh, their their commitment to consistency and their commitment to procedure in in building mechanics. Uh, you know, Tiger Woods. Um, they're, they're, you can just see it happen all the time, and in all these situations where they're re reaching this level of greatness or they're reaching this level of a phenomenal. Um, results, right, and getting people to uh, to refer them in some cases or follow them, if you will, because they're so good at what they do, it really boils back down to the power of process and the power of consistency. And unfortunately, um, in our industry, you know, if you think about it, and I want you all, as you listen to this podcast, maybe you get out a, a piece of paper or get out your note-taking device, and I want you to start writing down, and I want you to put a check mark next to these things that I'm going to mention, and I want to know if you have a process for them. So let's just kind of go through, if you were to break it down in real estate, what that might be. So the first one is, how many of you have a communication process? So let me explain. So if I were to meet with you, so if I was your buyer, or I was your seller, and we were on your consultation, right, your initial consultation, is there a part of that consultation that speaks to the communication process? Uh, so it might sound like this, it might say, um, so if it's all right, I'd just like to cover uh, how I communicate. I do like, because we are engaging in business now together, I do like to have a weekly communication schedule with you. And on that weekly communication schedule, um, we will talk every single week to check in. And I got to tell you, there's going to be weeks when I probably don't have specific information to give to you, but we still need to check in nonetheless. And on those days when I don't have specific information for you, I'm simply going to ask you this question. Is there anything you need? Keep in mind that I have access to all kinds of resources that are related to real estate and related to um, you know, home maintenance, uh, you name it. And I want to make sure that if there's anything you need or any questions you have, you're never sitting there wondering uh, about it, and you're you always know what the next step is. So the way I find this to help is to have a consistent communication process and a plan. I also like to talk about the form of communication. Um, I'm fine with email, and I'm also fine with text. But when we have what I call crucial conversations, and that's when stakes are high and opinions are different, and there's some emotion involved, it is not a time for us to communicate in text or in email. That is a time for us to communicate either face-to-face -face or on the phone. And so when those situations happen, and you will know when they're happening, because you will feel the emotion, it means that we need to get on a phone call or we need to have a face-to-face -face meeting. Are you going to be okay with that? And in fact, if you look at my buyer book and my seller book, I actually have a sheet uh, called my communication plan, and it talks about the power of communication there. And I just want to make sure that you understand that. 
That's a communication process. And then you stick to that process every single week with your client. So how many of you right now in your consultation with your clients have a part of your consultation where you're talking about setting up good communication schedules, right? That's important. I will also add this. Other thing is setting clear expectations. So if I have a client says, you know, I got to tell you, there's going to be times when you might be a little stressed and you might feel the need to text me at midnight. I just want you to know that um, that's great. You can do that. That's perfectly okay. I will not be replying to that text, by the way, at midnight. Uh, there's nothing we can do at midnight. Uh, and that's just not healthy uh, for me to be staying up that late as I have family. And so typically I turn off my device uh, around seven o'clock. So I spend time with family and then I uh, come back to the business in the mornings around 930. And I have yet to have any one of my clients ever say that I wasn't there to communicate with them effectively. But I just need you to know that because I would hate for you to text me hoping to get a response. And so I just want to set those expectations here at the beginning. The same applies for email. But I do know there's going to be times when they're sensitive to the timing and I will know that and you will know that. And in those cases, we will possibly have to have some text or email that happen uh, at different times during the, say, late evenings. And, but we'll know when that's happening. Right. And so, again, I'm just setting clear expectations. So the next one I want you to think about, how many of you right now have a clear marketing process? So when I meet a new client and they go into my database, is there a process that I immediately have that turns on effectively right then and there to get them into my flow schedule, both automated and non-automated flow? So, for example, I meet you at an open house. And I have a process by which I gather all your information, meaning not just your phone number, not just your email, but I get everything. And I do that by myself by offering up my, con my contact information first, because we are equity sensitive beings. When I give you my information, you want to give me your information back. I also have means and mechanisms to quickly deliver all my contact information. So I use a, I have a digital uh, business card. It's called uh, Social Master is the name of the company. I'll put links to it inside the... Um, inside the show notes, but what it is, it's a card very quickly, your phone can scan it and immediately you have all my contact information. You have my Facebook, my Instagram, my LinkedIn, uh, my phone numbers, my email address, my addresses, all that stuff immediately. And, and when I do that, people are like, oh my gosh, how did that work? Well, let me show you how that worked. And in the meantime, could I get your information? Oh, sure. Let me give you all my information. All right. So once I have you and you put it in my database, then the question is, what do you need from me? Well, if I have your address, you're going on my HomeBot tool. If I have your address, I'm going to schedule you for a, a real estate review, you know, either six months out or a year out. Uh, you're going to go on my home update automated newsletter schedule, and that's going to be sent to you automatically. Maybe you're going to go into my Lolo gift giving tool, or maybe I'm going to put you into my uh, boomerang postcard program, or maybe I'm going to put you into my homeowner tip program from Custom Express. But I have a process, and that process generates 36 touches a year for that client. Right? There is a process and a procedure that I do consistently every single time. And notice I'm saying consistently. So my communication process, consistent. My marketing process, consistent. Um, next one on here. If, if you are, if you are so inclined to do open houses, do you have an open house consistent process? Give me an example. So uh, I start for an open house on Sunday. I'm going to start on Monday. On Monday, I'm going to start making sure that my documents and my flyers and anything that I'm going to use for the open house are prepared and ready to go. 
Uh, I'm going to also do a little bit of investigation work around that open house neighborhood to see how are there any homes sold in that neighborhood recently. If they did, I might reach out to the agents that sold those homes and ask questions like, how many offers did you have? Uh, might, might you tell me what uh, list to sell ratios were? Uh, so that I can have that information. I'm going to do some investigative work. I'm also going to uh, maybe uh, reach out to the title company and say, hey, I'm holding this open house. I would like to have homes just on this block. And can you tell me the people right now that have been in their homes for five years or more? And in those, I'm going to set up some property views and drop those off on Wednesday and door knock. And in doing so, I'm also going to invite the closest neighbors to the open house for the first 45 minutes of the open house that are just for the neighbors. And I'm going to hand deliver special invitations for them for those 45 minutes, along with their one page property view uh, that they can see on how their home is performing given the current market conditions. Again, this requires a system and a process that you set up because it requires you to time block time to make this stuff happen. Right. I'm going to make sure that uh, I have the tools ready for when people come into my open house. Am I giving anything away? Is there a gift giving that I'm going to do? Uh, what tool am I using to capture uh, the, the client's information that walk in my open house? Might I be using a tool like Spacio or Open House Pro? Um, right. Those types of things. Uh, where's my signage going to go? Uh, if I'm holding the first 45 minutes open, uh, you know, might I be prepared uh, and having information available for those neighbors that do show up with that one page that I gave them on the property view that are asking me questions about what well, we're thinking about maybe selling, right? Have I, have I looked at the Ninja Selling book and looked at the, uh, the pages that I learned about my open house dialogues and good questions to ask? Have I practiced my three-step greeting process? Remember, enroll, acknowledge, and state who I am. Uh, so these are things that I'm talking about. And by the way, a lot of the stuff that I'm covering and I'm going over is in the Ninja Selling book. If you would simply grab that book and read it, and I'll put uh, links to it in the, in the uh, show notes, um, it's there, right? It's all there. So do you have a really good open house process or are you just winging it, right? Are you just winging it? Next, do you have a buyer process that you use consistently? So in, in Ninja, we, we reference the 10-step buyer process. And then we reference act two and act three, which is uh, properly how to show homes and properly how to have a consistent close with your clients. Um, you know, uh, there's 10 steps in the buyer process. And here's what I'll tell you is that um, I don't see uh, high percentages of agents using that consistently. What I hear is this, a lot of agents will say, well, can I tweak it? Cause I know them. No, you can't. You know, if I have a doctor and there's a surgery and just cause they know me, they're not going to tweak their process. They're going to, because they know that they're going to have predictable outcomes. We know that if you use the 10-step buyer process, it's going to give you predictable outcomes. So how many of you, right, have a predictable process and are using the 10-step buyer process and doing it every single time without fail um, and not skipping any of the steps? Well, how do you get good at that? Well, let's talk about that. It's through practice, right? It's simply as through practice. Uh, role play with somebody. Read Appendix A in the Ninja Selling book multiple times, right? Ask yourself, how am I doing? So do you have a, a consistent seller process? Do you have a consistent seller book? Do you deliver the same thing every single time exactly the, the same way? Uh, is it up to date? Are there any tweaks you need to make to it, right? Um, next one, do you have a consistent seller process? In Ninja, we use the 16-step seller process. Um, have you walked through that? Are you using all those steps? Uh, do you, are you using the pre-listing interview every single time? Do you have a consistent seller book that you're providing to your clients? Um, when you meet for the first meeting that you do, uh, do you have a process for that on how you do the walkthrough of the house and do you do the calendar exercise? 
Uh, your dialogues in place? Do you have a consistent process when it comes to that? Um, do you have a consistent process for your comparative market analysis and how you put together a CMA and the specific pages that you use? Are you pulling in the Matthew Garden report? Are you going to sites like FHFA.gov, right? Seller process stuff, very, very important. Um, what's your post-close process? Do you have a post-close process? So when I, once I close on a transaction, um, do I have a process in place that allows me to build good rapport consistently with that client so that I can leverage their four referrals they're going to send me this year? Um, so what does that look like? Is it tied into my CRM? Is it tied into my calendar uh, so that I can make sure that I'm making my phone calls, making my touch points, doing my proper reviews? Uh, so what's your post-close process look like? These are very, very good procedures to have. So what does it mean when you have a process? Well, here's a few things that it means. One, it's documented, right? You know, we give you the 10-step buyer process, the 16-step seller process worksheets because we want you to see those and not try to go off the cuff and memorize it. So are your processes documented? Are your processes practiced, right? You know, right now uh, we're watching the Winter Olympics. Do you think that those guys are winging it out there? Those the young ladies and young men are winging it. No, guess what they're doing? They're practicing so they know when the game's on, they're ready to go because they have high levels of confidence and high levels of competence. Um, the other thing too is, uh, you know, are you doing? Are you tweaking? Are you tweaking your process? Are you looking at it and saying, you know what, this didn't work so well. I'm going to make a small change to it. And one of the things I find is that when we do coaching, a lot of times when people don't have success, they want to move over it fairly quickly. And, and in coaching, what we do is we want to move over that slowly. We want to actually go back and say, well, let me ask you this. So what did you learn from that failure that you just had? And tell me what in your process do you need to tweak so that doesn't happen again? You know, uh, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results. If we're not willing to stop and analyze our process and say it's not working for us and we want to make tweaks to it and that's okay, let's tweak it, uh, we're going to keep making the same mistake, right? And so one of the ways we look at that is do you do quarterly check-ins? You know, how are we doing quarterly and how are we doing? So again, just to review uh, a communication process, a marketing process, an open house process, a buyer process, a seller process, a post-close process. So here's the final piece on this, uh, on this podcast that I want to talk about is what stops us from being consistent and from practicing, right? Why, why do we not see it happen commonly in our industry? Well, here's the first one is fear. And at the base of everything that we don't do, a lot of it boils down to fear, what are you afraid of? Um, that's a big one. So you might want to ask yourself, is there something you're fearful of, of, of putting a process in place? And here's what I'll tell you. The fear is not so much like being afraid so much as it is like we'll get veterans that have been doing the same thing forever and ever and ever. And then we ask them to do something different. And the fear is change. So the fear that they have is the fear of change. And they're not willing to fight that little voice that says, yeah, but that's different. And I don't know if I'm going to be able to do it. And what if I don't do it right? And now I'm afraid. And so guess what? I'm just going to keep doing the same thing. So fear is a big one. You know what the next one is on the list? Being lazy, right? Just hoping for change, but not willing to put in the effort to make it happen. And we see that happen a lot. Uh, just, uh, you know what, I know, I know I need to read the 10 step buyer process, but I don't have time right now because you know what, um, Ozarks just came out and I'm going to watch the Netflix instead. Right. 
it's making sacrifices uh, to put in the time and the effort to uh, be able to build your confidence and build your competence and put in the practice. And so not being lazy. Um, the next one that we find why people don't build processes, procedures and be consistent. It's a lack of passion. They're burned out. Um, they're allowing themselves to consume a lot of negativity and they're not really sure what the path that they're on and where they're going. And so they just don't have any passion, which then, by the way, when you don't have passion, that leads to laziness. When you do too much laziness, it, it equates to fear. And then the other one that I think is a big one that I run into a lot is thinking we know it all already. And by the way, folks, that's ego. And, and ego, and, and I got to tell you, um, you know, all this stuff that I'm talking about, I, I just want to make sure everybody's aware that I fall into the same boat too. And so I'm speaking not from a point of, hey, of judgment, I'm speaking from a point of perception in my own life. And, uh, you know, we run into this and I can find myself when things get, uh, when I get questioned, uh, sometimes my ego wants to perk up and all of a sudden I want to tell you, well, you don't know what you're talking about. Here's what I know. And that's a really bad place to be because as soon as you're not open to learn, uh, you're going to fail. And I think one of the things that all of us can do is we can check our egos and actually be able to open our minds up to say, you know, maybe I don't know it all. And maybe there is a better way of doing it. And I'm going to be willing to be open to it. I'm going to learn. But those are the things that I see when people decide not to move forward is it's either fear-based, laziness, lack of passion, or they have an ego that thinks they know it all. And, you know, and I will say this, and you probably heard me say this a lot, but if you're the smartest person in the room, you are in the wrong room. So how do we kind of put a bow on this and kind of give you some ideas on what you can do next? Well, I'll tell you, here's a couple of things you can do. Number one is you can go get the Ninja Selling Book. If you don't have it, uh, you just go to Amazon, type in Ninja Selling Book, start reading that book. Uh, you can go to a Ninja installation. I know uh, with Windermere, we've got one coming up in Seattle, uh, March 14th through the 17th in Seattle. We've got one coming up. Uh, go attend an installation. You know what? Get coach. Get a coach. You go to windermerecoaching.com. Um, you can hire a coach. And if you're not, if you're listening and you're not with Windermere, uh, go, ask your organization. You can go to Ninja Coaching. Ninja has coaches. Um, there's all kinds of companies out there that you can coach with. Uh, but get a coach, because I'll tell you, in the Windermere program, these are the things we work on, right? We want to make sure if you're coaching with us, we're helping you build these processes in place. And we're going to role play them with you. We're going to help you uh, uh, write them out, right? Document them and then practice them. So that's, an, that's another resource for you. And then the other one is, uh, if you're with Windermere, go to ProDev and start taking some classes, right? And, and, and consuming some content uh, and, you know, listening to books. I know uh, the book uh, that I'm reading right now is uh, Getting to Neutral by Trevor Mowad. But, uh, you know, a lot of these concepts in terms of just understanding how to move forward and get out of our fear and get out of our lack of passion and uh, release our ego. Um, there's a lot of good books that help you better understand how to do that. And as soon as you become conscious of your, um, of your weaknesses and, and allow yourself to accept those and then say, you know what, I'm going to work on those. It's amazing where you can go and what you can do. So hopefully you found this helpful. So again, what was the key to this podcast today was the two words, procedure, process, right? And consistency. And when we put those two together and when we look back at our coaching clients, I got to tell you the coaching clients that, that really truly hone their process and do it consistently. It's amazing the success that they have and the work-life balance they produce because they have predictable results.
So hopefully you found this helpful. I want to thank all of you for listening. Again, I'll put the resources uh, for the things I spoke of in the show notes. And uh, we always end these podcasts uh, by saying, be awesome and help somebody and make it a great day. Thank you so much. We want to thank you for taking the time to listen to our podcast. If you found this content interesting, please feel free to share it and give us a rating. Also, if you're a real estate agent with an epic idea and you're doing something great to create great client service or work-life balance, or maybe both, please reach out to us at fanning at And we always end our podcast by saying, be awesome and help somebody and make it a great day.